I'd like to remind you, when you came in, you were handed a program. If you could find a blue sheet of paper in there, it's a PR sheet, and just fill that out sometime while I'm up here talking. You know, we would appreciate that. I don't care if you're writing. And then uh, keep it handy, because towards the end of the message time, we'll talk about some of the stuff on the, on the back of that sheet of paper. All right, so if you could do that, we would appreciate that. And I'm trying to find mine up here, and it's not cooperating. There we go. I got it now. There was a man at the airport, and he was afraid that he was going to be late for his flight. And so he walks up to this complete stranger who's carrying these really two big, heavy-looking black bags and asked him what time it was. Now, this stranger, he made a big deal about setting these bags down. You know, you put me out, so he set these bags down. And he looked at his watch, and he said, the time is 6 p.m. It's 12 a.m. in Singapore. The temperature outside is 62 degrees. The barometer is dropping, and my stock just went down three points. And the guy, he was amazed. He said, you mean your watch told you all of that? And he said, oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it can tell you a whole lot more than just that. And so this guy, he said, I've got to have this watch. I will pay you $1,000 right now for this watch. And the stranger, he said, no, you don't understand. I made this watch. I invented this watch. This, was, this watch is mine. It's one of a kind. It's not for sale. And the guy wanted the watch really bad. He said, okay, I will pay you 5000 for this watch right now if you just give it to me. And again, the stranger said, you don't understand. I made this watch. My son's graduating from college. I'm going to give it to him as a graduation present. As a matter of fact, I'm on my way to see him now. And so, you know, the watch is not for sale. And the guy said, okay, $10,000. $10,000 for the watch right now. Now, 10000 bucks that's quite a bit of money. And so the stranger, he couldn't pass that up. So he said, you got yourself a deal. And the guy wrote out a check for 10000 bucks. Stranger took his watch off and handed it to the guy. The guy put it on. And with a look of satisfaction, he began to walk away. And the stranger said, uh, Sir, hang on just a second. And he picked up these two big heavy black bags and said, You forgot the batteries. Now, all of us at one time or another, we've fallen into this same trap, haven't we? We've done something like this. We think we're making a good decision, and we don't see the hidden catch with that. We don't see the baggage. We don't see the hidden things that come with the choices that we make sometimes. And we don't see it coming until it's too late, and then we end up with all of this emotional baggage. Now, the majority of the time, we pick up this unwanted baggage, this stuff, that, this extra junk we got in our life when we step outside of God's will. And we talked about this last week. You know, God says, this is my best for your life. This is my will for your life. And we say, no, God, I know what's best, so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do things my own way. And the Bible calls that sin, that sin that separates us from God. And the Bible says there are always consequences to the sin that we have in our life, like disappointment over missed opportunities, regret over past mistakes, lost dreams, guilt, shame, fear, self-loathing. And a lot of us are carrying baggage around like that. The only solution is forgiveness. Last week we looked at forgiveness from God and looked at what that was like and we looked at the parable of the prodigal son. God will forgive us no matter how far we run from him. God will always forgive us. Now when he does forgive us, the past 
He says we'll never be brought up again. He, he won't do that. He says this in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 16. He says none of their past sins will be brought up again. That right there is how God forgives. That's how he does it. But the problem that we're talking about today is not forgiveness from God, because, you know, we, we, we get that. The problem that we're talking about today is forgiving ourselves, letting ourselves off the hook. Forgiveness is real when it comes from God, but forgiveness becomes real in my life when I learn to forgive myself, when I'm able to do that. So the question is today that we're looking at, how do I forgive myself? Now, one of the people who heard Jesus in person actually tell the story of the prodigal son was one of his disciples named Peter. Now, Peter, if you know anything about him, he had a tendency to, you know, do things, say things without thinking through the consequences. You know, he, they say he's always Mr. Foot in the Mouth. And the Bible says that, that the night before Jesus died, he is having the Last Supper with all of his disciples. And Peter promises Jesus at this meal, he said, I'm going to go with you to the very end. I will be with you forever, even if it means that I have to die. And then Jesus turns to Peter, and he says this. He says, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied even knowing me three times. And what's Peter say? He says, Jesus, that'll never happen. You're crazy. I would die for you. But that same night, Jesus is arrested. Peter follows him at a distance. When he got to the courtyard, he kind of stayed back and kind of tried staying with himself and you know, tried to not make any contact with people. And long story short, he was approached three different times, Peter was, as being one of Jesus' associates, and he swears by God's name that he had no idea who Jesus was. Now, our next verse on the listening guide says this. It's Matthew 26, verse 75. It says, as soon as he did that, Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away crying bitterly. Peter turned his back on Jesus, and immediately he felt regret, and he felt shame and guilt. At this point in time, Peter's future was in doubt. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an issue of whether God would forgive Peter or not, because God would forgive Peter. I mean, that's just, he would do that. The question would become, would Peter be able to forgive himself and move forward? Now, maybe we haven't denied the Son of God, but we have made mistakes in relationships before, haven't we? And we may be feeling the guilt in our life. We may have missed out on God's opportunity for a career path. Now we're feeling regret in our life. Maybe we have lived so far outside of God's will for so long that when we've, we feel like we've missed his best, that we are feeling shame in our life. So it's not an issue of whether or not you were forgiven by God, because you are forgiven by God if you ask for it. And we'll get into that in just a little bit, you know, no in a few minutes, the question becomes, how do I forgive myself? How can I forgive myself? Now, there are some of you here this morning, no doubt about it, you've been carrying around this emotional baggage with you for a long time. I mean, you've had this, you've been carrying it with you, it's been on your back, it's been weighing you down because you have been unable or you have been unwilling to forgive yourself. 
Today is the day for you to take that step and to forgive yourself. Today we're going to talk about the necessary requirements, some of the steps to go through for forgiving ourselves. Okay? Now, here's the number one requirement on your listening guide. We've got to come to God for forgiveness. And we've kind of touched on this last week, and we'll, we'll recap it a little bit here. Forgiving myself requires coming to God for forgiveness. Okay? That's the first one. That's the foundation. That's the first thing that we've got to do right there. And this is important that, that we do this because not only does it overcome the separation then that exists between us and God, but God's forgiveness, when we receive it, it actually enables us to forgive ourselves. In our story, Peter, man, he'd really messed up. He denied knowing Jesus in Jesus's most critical moment of need. And being, before being able to forgive himself, he had to receive forgiveness from God. Now, do you think God forgave Peter? Do you think he forgave him? Do you think he still had a plan for Peter's life? Yeah, he, he definitely did. Let's look at Mark 16 on, on your listening guide there. This is after Jesus had been buried. On the third day, he was, you know, so, some of the women had gone to, to prepare Jesus' body, go to visit the tomb, and they get there, they look inside, and inside the tomb, inside the grave there, there's an angel sitting there. Okay, and this is what the angel says. This is Mark 16, start at verse 6. The angel said, Do not be surprised. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He isn't here. He's been raised from the dead. Look, this is where he, they laid his body. Now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Specifically, this passage specifically mentions Peter here. The angels told the women, go and let Peter know that Jesus is alive. Go let, go let him know this. Now, here's the key. We need to know that God forgives us. We need to know that. We need to understand that so that we can receive it and so that we can forgive ourselves in the same way. God, he forgives in, in certain ways, and there's four important characteristics to God's forgiveness. And let's look at these. This is how God forgives us. God forgives specifically. Now, it's easy to come to God and ask for a general forgiveness. You know, we've, we've all done this. Say, like, oh, God, please forgive me of my sins. I'll forgive, just kind of a blanket forgiveness. God forgives us of our sins. But if we are honest, most of the times, it's that specific sin in our life that we have the most trouble forgiving ourselves for that habit, that, that sin that we've got in our life. It's these sins that cause the guilt and the shame and the regret. And today, God wants to forgive you for that specific thing that you've got going on in your life. We've just got to ask God specifically. We need to say, God, I'm carrying around this baggage from such and such sin. You know, you can fill in the blank there. This mistake, this sin that is, that is affecting my life, I need you to forgive me of this so that I can forgive myself. That's the first one. God forgives specifically, but God also forgives instantly. And that's the second one there. There's no begging with God. There's no, God, please, pretty please, forgive me. No, I'll do, I'll do anything. Just please, please forgive me for this. It's there the moment you ask. You don't have to beg for it. You just have to ask for it one time, 
sincerely. And we'll get into that word in just a moment. But the third one is this. God forgives completely. With God, there's no residual unforgiveness. God's not going to come back to you a few days later, months later, a couple years down the road and say, hey, remember when you did this? And throw it back into your face. So if that's happening in your life, I can guarantee you that's not coming from God. That's coming from the devil. Okay, so we need, to, we need to remember God forgives completely. And then the fourth one is God forgives freely. It's absolutely free. There's no way that we can earn it. We can't stick it on our credit card. There's nothing that we can do to get it. We just have to accept it. He offers that to us. Now, only God can offer forgiveness to us like that. I mean, it's, it's the real thing. But you'll never be able to forgive yourself completely and overcome that stuff until you first experience the real thing, which is God's forgiveness. Now, let's look and see how Paul described God's forgiveness. This is the memory verse for the week, our suggested memory verse. If you want to memorize the verse, this is the one right here. This is Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. This is what Paul says. He's describing God's forgiveness. He says, He has forgiven all of your sins. He has utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments, which always hung over our heads, and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. So Jesus, he settled this issue of forgiveness on the cross. Okay, he settled it once and for all then on the cross, but until you recognize completely that you are forgiven by God, you won't be able to offer that forgiveness to yourself. That's how important this is. So forgiving myself requires, first off, that I come to God for forgiveness. That's number one. Now forgiving myself, it also requires changing my pattern. We need to change the patterns, the habits, the things that I've got going on in my life. Peter Back, let's go back to Peter. He made some significant changes in his life after accepting forgiveness from, from God. Just seven weeks, seven weeks after denying Jesus in the courtyard for those three times, Peter is out teaching about Jesus to this massive crowd. And the Bible tells us after, the, you know, after Peter was done teaching this crowd, 3,000 people became believers that day. A little later on, Peter and John, they were walking along and they got arrested. They were brought in front of the Jewish high council. They were told not to teach anymore about Jesus, not to speak anymore about Jesus' names, or else they were going to get it. No, they were going to be in, for, in for some trouble. And in Acts 4.13, it says this. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And this is the same guy who just seven weeks before denied even knowing Jesus to a slave girl. Now he is preaching in front of huge crowds. He's speaking in front of the Jewish high council. And he is not afraid to speak of the name of Jesus no matter what the cost. Later at the end of his life, Peter was killed. He was martyred for speaking about Jesus. I mean, that's how a lot of change that he had in his life. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Nate, hang on just a second. 
We're talking about forgiving myself. If I'm going to be able to forgive myself, do I have to have as radical of a change in my life as Peter had? If, you're, if that's what you're saying, then, you know, I, I'm out. There's, there's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry, because you don't have to. Because forgiveness is unconditional. But, unless you begin to change some of the destructive patterns in your life that are the source of the baggage, that's the source of the hang-ups that you have, you will never be able to forgive yourself completely. Here's a question I hear sometimes. Can I keep asking for forgiveness for the same sin over and over again? Can I keep asking forgiveness for the same sin over and over again? Well, here's the answer. Yes and no. How's that for an answer? Let's, let's explain this. If you ask for forgiveness insincerely, and I think we've done that. You know, all of us, we've done that at one time or another because, you know, we just wanted to clear our conscience with God. So we say, God, please forgive me of this, knowing full well that we intended to go out and do that sin again and again and again. You know what I mean? You guys following me on this? We've done that before. We have all said, you know, God, please forgive me when we aren't really sorry. We're not sincere about it. We don't want to give up the sin, but we want God's forgiveness. But when we do that, we are playing games. And God doesn't play games. He's not going to forgive us if we are insincere about it. So when you go to God for forgiveness, you have to be sincere. You really have to be sincere. Sincere that you are sorry for what you did, that you're going to try your best to overcome it, that you have the desire to change. But you know what? There's times when we are sincere. When we're truly, honestly sincere, we want to change, we ask for forgiveness, we receive it, then we turn around and we commit the same sin again. And we do it again, and we do it again. And we're sorry for it, we do it again. We're sorry we do it again. This happens a lot with habits. It happens a lot with addictions, this, this cycle here. And this is the number one source of shame and guilt because there's nothing more humiliating to us than to want to not, not to do something and to keep doing it. That's the power that sin has in our life. But will God forgive me for that? Well, the answer is yes. But here's the problem with this. Okay, we're getting, a little, we're getting a little deep here. Here's the problem. Even though that forgiveness happens, if you keep committing that sin over and over and over again, you become numb. You become numb to the experience. You become numb to the forgiveness. Maybe God has forgiven you, but you just don't feel it anymore. You don't sense it in your life because you keep falling into the same sin. And then the guilt builds up. It continues to build, and it builds, and it builds. And soon it takes such power over your life that what we do, and, you know, you know we've, we've all been here, we begin to justify it. We begin to make excuses for it, and we say, well, maybe, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's not really a sin. Maybe it's not 
that wrong to have in my life. And the guilt just builds up. Now, it's important. If you want to forgive yourself, we've got to change these destructive patterns that lead to that guilt and that shame in our life. Is this making sense? You guys, you guys following this? The patterns that we have in our life, the baggage that we have, you know, the stuff that we drag around, it doesn't just hurt us. But it hurts the people around us. It hurts our family. And let me tell you, it hurts our future family too. You ever heard about the, you know, breaking the cycle? You gotta break the chain in your life, break that cycle. That's the power of sin. The things you are doing now can affect your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and on down the line. So you see how important this is that we get to where we can overcome that and forgive ourselves and change these destructive patterns in our life. So I want you to take just a moment here. I'll give you just a few moments to do this. Think about the patterns that you have in your life that are destructive that not only have the potential to hurt you, but hurt your future family. You know, the, the, the kind of habits, the kind of things that you have that you don't want to see in your kids. You don't want to see these things in your, in your grandkids or your great-grandkids. And I want you to think about the patterns that you need to overcome, these things in your life, and there's a space on your listening guide. I want you to make a symbol, a letter, a mark, something there. You don't have to write out specifically what it is because you don't want people <laughs> seeing it right now. But just make something there to signify, I understand what it is. I'm going to overcome this. I need to work on removing this from my life. It's on your listening guide. Then I want you to take a moment and think about the positive patterns that you need to develop in your life, whether it's having a daily quiet time, you know, getting into the Bible, reading the Bible every day, whether it's learning how to argue in a productive way, whether it's, you know, being at work with a little more integrity, whatever it is, and I want you to write down there, too, a letter, a symbol, something that will signify to you the patterns that you want to set that will be instilled in your family, instilled in your life, and positively affect future generations to come. A lot of pressure, isn't it? But do that. Okay, seriously do that and be honest between you and God with that. Because that will make all the difference in your life. With God... The past remains the past unless you keep repeating it, unless you keep bringing it up. But here's the good news. When God forgives you, when he offers that forgiveness, he gives you the power to see the destructive patterns that you have in your life. He gives you the power to overcome those things, to remove those from your life and replace them with positive patterns. Look at what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For God is working in you 
giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. When God forgives you and begins to change your life, you become capable then of forgiving yourself. So the first requirement in order to forgive ourselves, we've got to come to God for forgiveness. The second requirement is we need to recognize, we need to be aware of the destructive patterns that we have in our life. And then finally, forgiving myself requires creating a new future for myself. We need to create a new future. Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, isn't that God's job? You know, isn't the future God's job? Well, yeah, it is. But we have a role to play in this. There's a man once who went out to the desert area. And he, he was out in the desert. He created this beautiful garden over the course of years with irrigation, you know, planting flowers, doing, you know, planting the right kind of plants, and he made sure there was water there and that they were watered every day, and he really put a lot of time and effort into this garden, and one day a guy stumbled upon it, and, and making a good point about it, he said, man, this garden that God created here in the middle of the desert, it's beautiful. Now, the guy who worked on it for years, you know, he was kind of taken back a little bit, and he said, well, you know, I had a little something to do with this, too. And the guy said, well, you know, let me put it this way. The garden that God created with your help sure is beautiful. That's the way it is with our life. Now, I, I uh, Magnum P.I., favorite all-time TV show. I love that thing. And he quoted one guy, one, I don't know where, where it started from, but he said, deep philosophical thought from Magnum P.I., he said, you've got to pray and pray like everything depends on God. And then you've got to go out and work like everything depends on you. That is extremely true. You see, we have an important role in creating our future. God's not going to do it all for us. He'll help us, but he's not going to do everything for us. Hot-headed Peter, no, Mr. Peter, who denied Jesus, even at Jesus' most pivotal moment in his life, look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. This is before the denial happened. Jesus tells Peter this, Matthew 16, 18. He says, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church talking about Peter. He says, all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus said this right here, knowing Peter's faults. He said this knowing what was going to happen, knowing that Peter was going to deny him, and yet he still chooses Peter. He still calls him the rock because he knew Peter's potential despite all of his faults and the baggage that he had. So I want to say to you, God has plans for you too. There is nothing that you can do that can limit the plans that God has for you. As long as you are willing to turn to God and ask Him for forgiveness and receive that forgiveness, be willing to forgive yourself and to turn away and change those destructive patterns that you have going on in your life. Now, here's an important truth that you need to know. 
God does forgive the past. He will forgive us of the past, but he has a purpose for it. He's got a purpose for all of that junk, all of that stuff that happened to us. We are given a new start, but sometimes what happens is God allows the scars from the past to remain because he has a purpose for those scars. He has a purpose for our past. We all come to Jesus as broken people. You know, we've got the broken bones. We've got the wounds. We've got the hurts. We've got the past mistakes. And God's intention is to heal us of all of that past stuff. But the weakness will still remain. Why does he do that? I mean, what's, why does he do that? I mean, what's the big deal with this? Well, he does it so that we can then, in turn, go out and help those people who are struggling with the same things that we had just been going through and help them overcome them and change the destructive patterns in their life. And that is how God is best glorified in our life. When we step out and allow him to use us in that way. So do you have baggage from the past? Do you have baggage in your life? Now if you say no, then you're a liar. <laughs> and that's some baggage that you got going on there. So we all have baggage, don't we? We've all, we've all got baggage. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of that. God wants to use it. Let's look and see what Paul, he was, you know, he was an incredibly scarred individual. Look at what he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He said, God said, my gracious favor is all that you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may work through me. He wants to use those things in your life because you have experienced it. Now, you can go out as a wounded healer, as someone who knows the ropes, and help someone who is struggling with the same baggage. No greater purpose. Now, in the end, it's up to you. I mean, it's your choice. There's two roads that you can take here. Two different, you know, you come to fork in a road now, there's two different ways you can take with dealing with this unforgiveness that you have in your life. The first road, the first fork that you can take is the one that we just talked about right now today with Peter. It's coming to God for forgiveness. Then it's accepting that forgiveness. It's changing the destructive patterns that we have in our life and then opening ourselves up to an unlimited future that God has for us allowing him to use us in helping other people who are struggling with the same thing. But unfortunately, it's the other fork that is more traveled. It is the other one that people pick more often, and that is the road of carrying the baggage around with you for the rest of your life. Living unforgiven. Not because God won't forgive you, but because you are unable and unwilling to forgive yourself. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't see how you can possibly forgive yourself. You don't see how God can use you in the, in the future. 
Now you got to do is look through the Bible, and there are a ton of different stories in there and examples of people that God used who were just royally screwed up in their life, but God was able to use them in a great way. And if he can use them, he can use me. And he can use you also. Look at Romans 8.1. It says, There is no condemnation for those who live in union with Jesus Christ. So stop condemning yourself. Stop beating yourself up. God doesn't condemn you anymore. Stop condemning yourself. Stop living with that baggage. Now, on the back of your PR sheet, there's a section there called My Next Step, and that's one of the questions we want you to answer today. These are questions designed and put there for you to read through to, you know, help you apply what we've talked about today. 